I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Nothing will stop the Satanic total release. Bart, stop pestering Satan. Welcome to the place we are so sick of the question, why Satan? We named a podcast after it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm very sorry that I haven't had a show in, I think, three weeks at this point. Yeah, I think about that. I'm not too sure. I lost track of time. Uh, last time you heard from me, I noted that I recently got back to working again, going from basically not at all because of the pandemic, and then I had the summer, and then I went immediately back to work, uh, 6 a.m., getting up at no, getting there around 6 a.m., between 6 a.m. and 6.30, waking up earlier than that, um, and going all through the end of the day. And I've also been doing some jobs where I haven't gotten any lunch breaks. Yeah, so I come home exhausted, and I basically flop on my bed, take a nap, wake up, um, think of food, uh, hang out with the dogs sitting on my porch while it's still kind of nice out, and then zoning out doing something fun, and then sleeping. And then the weekend, I have my Vampire the Masquerade game I run on Saturdays. And Sunday is my day that I hang out with uh, Rayla, my girlfriend. And yeah, that's my week. So uh, I have not had that much time to think about a podcast or work with it. But what I have been doing is... At work, when I have nothing to do and I'm just sitting there bored, I write. I write ideas. I have my phone on the side. I look things up, which I can't have my phone out that long or I'll get in trouble. So it's little bits here and there. And so I've been doing that. So I've just been coming out with bits of ideas that hopefully will turn into fun segments. Speaking of segments, ooh, I'm getting good at those transitions. I'm getting good. Someday... I won't rant at the end of my segments, and there'll be perfect transitions. That's never going to happen. But segments. So let's talk about what I'm going to be ranting about today. First off, I read The Compassion Satanist by Lilith Starr. And so I'm going to do a review of that in one segment, because that's how we're doing reviews from now on. As I've said, no more of these week-long, week-on-end reviews of a book where I go through chapter by chapter. Because I can't do that. That was tiring and exhausting. Taking that many notes. No. Uh, yeah. No. I'm From now on, I'm doing a segment for a, a mid-sized book. And if I read a large book, as I talk about in the segment, I'm probably not going to do a segment review. Because a large book, I'm not going to be able to do it justice, really. Uh, I'm just going to use the book to... Uh, for topics and knowledge, and when I do, I'll note it. And then the next chapter, the chapter, I'm fucking thinking about books too much. The next segment with Lilith's book, I thought it'd be a cool idea to go through the tenants and think about what I think of them. I'm going to do this for all seven tenants. Uh, I don't know if I'll get it out every episode, but I'm going to try. And then after that, I'm going to try to look around for other versions of the tenants. Uh, like the example, the pillars, and I want to cover those because, as you all know, I'm a Satanist who uh, is an independent Satanist first, and I am a loose member of the Satanic Temple far second. I like my independence for the most part, uh, but I also like the Satanic Temple for the most part. So I'm going to be doing that. So if you have any ideas for other tenants, or other versions of tents like the Global Order of Satan's Pillars, please send them to me. I'd love to read them uh, at my Gmail account, because I got rid of the other one because it was too fucking expensive. And uh, no, I didn't want that anymore. So my Gmail is ysatan666 at gmail.com. Pretty simple. Then the last segment that I recorded not long ago is me ranting about... um, a co-worker that's not vaccinated. And when I say rant, yeah, no, it is it is a decently long segment. Uh, so, yeah, um, if you don't mind a long rant, great. Listen to it. If you don't, the first, like, five minutes will give you the idea of what I'm talking about. 
at least the basic idea anyway. Uh, I do talk about other things after five minutes. I don't just continue rant on the same thing over and over again. I go more in depth on the topic. And other than that, that's it. That's, yep, those are all the segments. Sometimes I need to think about it. I was putting together some news that I thought was interesting, some news articles, but I don't like putting things together the day before the day of that I'm doing um, a show. And here's the reason I like sitting on things. Uh, I like sitting on thoughts. I don't like throwing my thoughts out there immediately because I can have some knee jerk reactions that later I go, Oh, I completely misinterpreted what that said. So I like to mull things over. And also I, I just, I don't know. I, I like to have some breathing room. So other than my rants, my rants, are half planned, half I don't stop, and I keep going. But anyway, let's get to the new version of the book reviews, which is better on my brain. Hey, uh, yeah, it's me again. I know I said I was going to go right to the segment, but as I was editing, I wanted to add this in. Granted, I don't edit a lot anymore because people have said they like less editing, but I wanted to thank everyone for being supportive when I'm not able to do a show. When I've mentioned it places, a lot of people tell me, don't worry, just take time, take however much time you needed. Uh, is anyone who has listened um, or read anything I've put out on the reason is, like I said, I've been tired. And also my mother has been in the hospital with uh, really bad diaticulitis. Um, problem. There was a lot of uh, uh, infections and abscesses, a few surgeries, so I've had to deal with that. And because my mother was also helping going over and taking care of my grandmother, I also had to take up her slack in doing that. So I had to do things like shopping for my grandmother. Then I'd have to shop for myself. And yeah, it was exhausting, and it was hard to do anything. So I want to thank everyone for not getting on my case and just being supportive. Um, so thank you for that. And now I promise, now we are transitioning to the segment. <laughs> thank you. So as I've noted before, I went on vacation and during that time, another satanic book came out, or a little before that, by Lilith Starr. And while I didn't read her other book, The Happy Satanist, due to the fact that I was under the assumption that it was largely geared towards dealing with addiction, which I don't have any personal experience with, so I thought it wouldn't be for me. I've since been corrected that that's not all it's about, and so it will be on my reading list to read eventually. I have a lot of books to get through. I did, however, read her book, The Compassionate Satanist. And when it came out, I heard some good things about it, so I thought I'd give it a read. I thought, hey, I have a plane ride where I'll read it, all of it, because it's not that long. I didn't read really any of it on the plane because planes are not comfortable for me, and I can't read when I'm not comfortable. Also, I've learned that I can't read on a phone. This doesn't work, something about the lighting, the back light or something. I can't read that long on a phone, at least not like a book. It, I don't know why, too hard. So I got my Kindle, and I'm reading a lot more since, well, I don't know what it is. I think it's just that it's not backlit. Anyway, overall, I think the book's pretty good. I think it's a good condensed breakdown of modern Satanism. Parts of the book do lean towards the Satanic Temple, but it's largely applicable to any modern Satanist or Satanism. The book itself starts off with Lilith Star talking about how she got into Satanism, how it changed things for the better for her, changed her outlook. Hearing someone's journey through Satanism, um, it was interesting. Uh, one of the more interesting parts of it was when she talked about how at first she was attracted to the Church of Satan. And the reason why she left the Church of Satan was much along the lines that I did was the whole might makes right aspect of the Church of Satanism in the Satanic Bible, which is why it took me a while to 
look at Satanism again as my first interaction with it was the Church of Satan. And someone who was in the Church of Satan informed me that, well, the Church of Satan doesn't believe in a real Satan, and the Satanic Temple does. They, they believe in a real Satan, which they worship, which is why it took me a while to actually look at modern Satanism, since I thought, well, that branch of it, they're real Satan believers. They actually worship Satan. So it was really interesting to see someone else's perspective on coming to Satanism and their issues with the Church of Satan and their philosophy. After that, the book moves on to Tenant Talk, which is a few chapters of the book. It, uh, it's Each chapter is dedicated to a single tenant. She goes through how she views the tenants and how she has heard different views from others viewing the, attend the tenants. Uh, she gets these from a few different sources. Um, it's the Satanic Temple's version of the tenants. I do know that there are other versions of them. There are the pillars from blank in my mind right now, but there are the uh, Satanic Pillars, which is also really good. Ah, the Global Order of Satan, which the pillars are really good. I like those too. But she touches on the tenants, which a lot of different modern Satanist groups use. The reason why I like when I see other people breaking down the tenants is I like doing that too. I like thinking about what they mean for me. As I don't believe Satanism works very well when you try to say, what does this mean for everyone? What does this mean for every Satanist? It works better to me when I think, what does this work for me? How does this work for me? And how does my point of view filter through that? And what can I take away from it? Now, there are some things in tenants, of course. Uh, like the first tenant, a, a murderer, we can definitely say that um, they, they are not following the first tenant. But it's I don't like in general to look at someone and go that's not satanic it's a problem that some people have in the satanic community and i don't like it but after that the book moves on to discussing ritual which is a lot of things that i've talked about myself so i thought it was kind of cool um i don't have a big ego but when my views match up with someone else's i kind of think cool i'm not the only person who thinks that and she went through the ideas of why people take part in ritual, what it is, thoughts on why it works, uh, why it's not for everybody, that it's not for everyone, which I think is a really good stance to take. Ritual's not for everyone. It's like, I know some people who are really, really into it, really into ritual. I know some people who aren't. I'm middle of the road. I like ritual, but it's not something I do every day. It's not that I don't think I'd like it. I can just be a little lazy when I get exhausted. Now, there's also an, an interesting chapter after that one that is the pros and cons of coming out as a Satanist, which is a decision you can't exactly take back. Um, part of the topic is discussing who you might want to come out to. If you want to come out publicly, anonymously, partly, like myself, I have come out to my friends as a Satanist. Um... I don't, beyond that, because, well, as I've known before, probably wouldn't be very good for my employment. After that one, there were a chapter or two that didn't interest me at all, as there was discussion on uh, forming a satanic group, specifically a chapter, leading the chapter, finding out how to gather members for a chapter, uh, the basics of how one becomes a chapter, the process, that that those chapters, I think it's actually only one chapter. It just is broken up in sections. I don't think that one's for everyone. It's probably not for the majority of people, but it's not a huge chunk of the book. And so I don't think me skipping through most of it uh, is a tick against the book at all. I do think that it's worth reading. The size is short, but not too short. And it's not too long, um, which has been a difficult issue when I've dealt with satanic books some are way too short being to the point where i wonder why isn't this just a blog post series uh to ginormous books that are going to be an undertaking to get through and i don't know how long it's going to take me i'm looking at you children of lucifer of course the appendix is a decent size inside the appendix is discussions or comments from other satanists um comments of how 
they chose their satanic name. They, if they're in, if they're part of a chapter, why they like being part of a chapter, uh, why they came out as Satanists, what their aesthetic is, different ritual ideas. Uh, so the appendix is interesting in and of itself. So another good point of the book, even if you don't are not interested in all of it, it's especially like when I look at things that I'm like, I'm not going to like all of this. I'm or not all of this applies to me. I always look at price. Um, pretty good price. I don't remember what it was. Pretty sure it was under $10. If I remember correctly, at least like on the Kindle version, it is also a good book to perhaps give someone who is like, what's the Satanist thing? I'm not really too sure because Lilith's writing style is pretty optimistic and very reader friendly. So I do think it's good for that. Like someone's like a friend who's like, what's Satanism? Uh, what is this? Like, it might be a good book for them. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think the podcast that I did on that very subject is also really good. But as I said, overall, I enjoyed the book. So these are the type of book reviews that I'll be doing from now on. Rather than doing them drawn out from weeks, I'm going to try to just summarize a book for the shorter books. For the longer books, like Children of Satan, I'm honestly not sure if I could do a review on that book because it's so big. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use it for inspiration on topics and just knowledge. And once I get through either the whole book or half of it, I'll give my recommendation. I've gotten a quarter through it before, a long while ago, and just getting a quarter through it, I highly suggest it. So that's another book that I highly suggest. It is a long read, though. So, yeah, this is how I'm going to be doing reviews of books and other things. It's just all going to be one segment. I'm not doing, like, the romantic Satanism again, where I go through chapter by chapter. I don't know why I did it that way before. I thought, hey, this would be cool, and it took me forever, so I'm not doing that again. But that's it for this review and my continued grumbling and praise of the Children of Lucifer, which I seem to do a lot whenever I mention a book. I, I definitely have a love-hate relationship with that book. Like I've said, I kill someone with that book. But anyway, that topic is for another time. So I'm going to shut up now because I don't stop talking. Ever. Between reading Lilith Star's book and me enjoying um, breaking down tenants myself in my own writing, I thought, hey, that'd be pretty cool to do here. I can break them down for myself and see what other people think. People can let me know what they think about the tenant through email or Twitter or whatever. Again, for those who are curious, my email for that I use for the show is um, ysatan666 at gmail.com. So if you want to yell at me or talk at me or anything, feel free. We can do that. So where should we start with this? Eh, we'll do the first tenant, because why the fuck not? So the first tenant, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. At first, it's really simple. It seems really simple, but there's a lot there. And one of the first things is to remember this is the first interaction most people have with modern Satanism. So it's kind of important, at least if you're just Googling it and saying, what is the Satanic Temple or what is modern Satanism? You're probably going to find the first tenant. So this tenant can be different in a few different organizations like I've talked with before in the segment where I talked about Lilith's book. There are different versions. There are different ways to talk about it. There's pillars and there's uh, all other manners of versions of this tenant, but basically they're for the most part very similar. So why does this tenant matter? Well, like the Transformers, it is more than meets the eye. The first word strive is really important. Well, it's not the first word, but you know what I mean. It is very important. It puts forward right off the bat that no one is perfect and striving gives the feeling that you're moving forward and you should never be comfortable with the progress you've already made. You should always want to do more. 
It also notes that one shouldn't use the tenants to judge anyone else with. That's not what they're for. They're for you. They're not a bat to hit someone over the head with. They're not like the Ten Commandments where you can be Ray Comfort. Have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever blah, 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 blah. Well, you're, then you're a thief. No, that's not what they're there for. That is not what Satanism is about at all, which is kind of ironic, me saying that something's not satanic, when I'm saying that you shouldn't use the tenets to say something's not satanic. Anyway, that's not important. We then have the fact that this tenant, what it's about, is a marked difference from the Church of Satan, which has a very, very different view on personal morality, to, to put it kindly. The Church of Satan's might is right philosophy is completely rejected here, and I wouldn't doubt that this is a, a non-small part of why this is the first tenant to show a clear delineation from the Church of Satan. Now, honestly, like, yeah, I'm, I'm breaking down this thing almost word by word because the words are important. I believe they were chosen for very specific reasons. The word act is also very important. So what does the word act tell us about the tenant at all? It's important because we're not talking about thoughts. You can have all the thoughts you want. I can think about kicking that fucking neighbor who likes to be nosy and likes to complain about my dogs to the animal control continuously, even though they tell them that her calls are pointless and don't mean anything. Yeah, I can picture kicking her down the stairs at all times. Because, yeah, uh, Satanism doesn't believe in thought crimes. Even in a limited way, our words don't matter as much. Now, they matter if they purposely hurt someone to a degree that would be not compassionate. But, yeah, we don't have thought crimes. I myself have talked extensively how I feel no shame taking joy in when something horrible happens to a bigot. I am never going to retract that. But I'd never push them off a building. I think of pushing them off a building sometimes. I never do. It's our actions that matter. It's it's not our thoughts. It is honestly questionable, as I've discussed before, how much we even control our thoughts. So trying to be guilty over thoughts is stupid. We then move on to another interesting one, towards all creatures. In this one, we, we cover all life, for the most part. I mean, I don't think we care about a parasite or a virus very much, but this does note we're not just looking at humans. We're not being tribalistic, like a lot of religions tend to be. They tend to be very tribalistic, and they don't care about humans outside their tribe. In this tenant, we're reaching beyond even humans. And yes, this can be in conflict, depending on how one were to interpret it, with how some Satanists live their lives. Example, meat-eating or lab-testing. It is, again, as a tenant one needs to discuss with oneself and maybe others and see what other people think and choose what you believe and how you feel this can work for you. Talking about that, we move on to the within reason. This is probably the most discussed, debated, um, abused, ignored, and just flat out different part of this tenant that gets thrown around a lot. Now, in many religions, debating a tenant with what does within reason mean would be part of the clergy. But Satanism, we really don't have clergy. Um, so debating and discussion is extremely common within Satanism. The tenant, its call to reason isn't something that's going to be figured out by any one person for all Satanists. That's impossible. Each person needs to figure out what it means for them with honest intent. Now, what do I mean when I say honest intent? Because I, I mean something very specific when I say that. People can come up with reasons why they believe something fits into their beliefs, and they can pigeonhole it. They can kind of carve out exemptions, and they're doing it to carve out the exemption. It's not a reason. They're not saying, well, this is why I feel this way. They're saying, I feel this way. And therefore, I need to carve out an exemption. I don't think that's honest intent. Honest intent is having an actual justification within reason that 
is an actual honest justification, not a post hoc justification. I myself categorize animals and humans differently. The reason that is, is yes, I'm a bit speciesist, but until we find another species that is very human-like and is something that I can point to and understand more and I feel thinks and feels the same way that we do about the world, I don't know if that's going to change. I have admitted, for example, that I believe being a vegetarian is probably more moral, but I don't believe eating meat is immoral, which I believe that is a thing. It's You can have something that's wrong, right, and I know wrong, right are simple, simple words, but you can have wrong, right, and better, like beyond, which that's what I think vegetarianism is, as I think it's beyond what is uh, acceptable. When I mean that, I mean it is better than acceptable. So we need to basically internalize and think how do these apply to us. And something that gets overlooked in a lot of religions, and even to some Satanists, is oneself is part of this tenet. You're a creature. That's right. Shocking, I know. You are indeed a creature. You need to feel compassion towards yourself. If you wouldn't hound somebody to do something constantly to the point where it's annoying, even though they're tired and don't feel well, um, don't do that to yourself. If you weren't going to rag on someone because they're not perfect, don't do that to yourself. You're no different than anyone else when it comes to feeling compassion. You need to feel compassion towards yourself and have acts of compassion towards yourself. So remember, having compassion towards yourself, it's not selfish. And frankly, even if it was, I think Satan is okay with a little selfishness, selfishness now and then. Now, we've discussed the tenet and talked about compassion. And I think that there's something else that I've touched on before. I believe that there needs to be limits to compassion. What I mean by this is acts of great compassion can't be all the time. One can't be expected to go above and beyond at all times. Not only is it not practical, but it quickly leads to burning out. Burning out with compassion is not a good thing. It's not good for you, and it's not good for anyone around you. It's just bad. When you burn out on compassion, I can speak from personal experience, you can become pretty apathetic. Uh, you don't always give a shit about anyone around you. Myself, I, for a long time, would listen to anyone's problems, especially those who I was friends with, basically any times a day, and needless to say, it burnt me out a lot, and at some point, my fuck feels burnt up. I didn't give a shit uh, what happened to them at all. If they said, oh, I had a really shitty day, yeah, I didn't care, or anything. I didn't give a fuck. I burnt myself out completely. So today I put limits. I put barriers. I tell people I'm not feeling well today. Um, I'm sorry what, however your day was, but I'm not in the right headspace to help or I'm not in a good headspace to be a good listening board. I would probably come across as an asshole if I did that. I'm just not in a good state today and also if anyone's noticed i talk a lot about compassion and i don't talk about empathy a lot when i talk about this tenant i think the reason i do that is i think compassion is easier to conceptualize we can think about acting um compassionately like we have the idea of oh that's an act of compassion things like that acts of empathy it's gonna be a little harder so the way i think of acts of empathy it's just expressing that you understand how someone feels, which sometimes you want to do that, sometimes you don't. Uh, sometimes you don't know what someone else is going through. You don't know what something feels like. I think it's important to recognize that too. I think that's part of empathy, is realizing I have no idea what they're going through. And saying you do when you don't is um can make things worse. It can make people feel like, well, they're just trying to say something or they're minimizing uh, how I feel. A good example of that is 
I will never compare anything to, say, I don't know, um, a woman's menstrual cycle. Because I don't know what's that like. I don't, I couldn't tell you how that feels. I would never, um, talking to someone I know, complain about, I don't know, people in wheelchairs. Yeah, I, I, my next door neighbor who's an asshole likes to complain about people in wheelchairs a lot. I don't know why, but they do. I, I'd never compare anything to being in a wheelchair because I've never fucking been in a wheelchair. And that's part of being empathetic is knowing where your limit is. Knowing, yeah, no, I know nothing about this experience. I need to shut the fuck up. That's why a lot of my views are, are well, I can have some empathy towards them. I can have some understanding, maybe a minutia of what they go through. But yeah, I don't fucking know. Like example of minorities. I have been bullied in my life. So I have the tiniest idea, like the smallest, slimmest idea of what maybe it could be. Like if I imagined cranking that up to maybe a hundred, like times a hundred, Maybe I could kind of get in the ballpark, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever know. That's just how it is. Like, I, yeah, I, I think that's important part of apathy. I mean, empathy is knowing where your limit is. And lastly, like with all the tenants, the important thing to realize about them is the only person that the tenants are going to be held accountable towards or the only person you are going to be held accountable towards with the tenants is you. There's no God um, to hold you accountable, which kind of means you have to set your expectations on yourself, which, in my opinion, that can be a lot harsher than any God looking at you, especially if you believe in the tenants. Believe is a weird word. I don't know if I'd say believe, but if you identify with them and feel that they're important to you, yeah, the, I, I think it's safe to say being your own critic is way worse than having some ass fuck in the sky judge you. Because me personally, if someone's judging me, a lot of times I go, well, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Who are you? Fuck you. But if it's me, yeah, that filter goes away. And uh, that's the type of thing that keeps me up at night. So again, being compassionate with myself, realizing that, yeah, no, I'm not going to do well at this. I'm a person. I'm going to fuck this all up, which is uh, actually sort of comforting, realizing you are going to fuck up, which is a whole other topic that is a lot deeper than it sounds. As I always say, before I rant on too much longer, why don't we transition to the next segment, which I rant on a little bit longer than I had planned. So those of you who like those... You're going to enjoy it. Those of you who don't, um, you can probably listen to a little bit of it. Uh, and when I start to rant, you can either give up <laughs> or skip to the end or um, just stop. But yeah, I'm a ranter. I'm, I'm told I'm a ranter. And I'm ranting now. I'm going to stop. Are you listening? Bring it in. Come on. Fuck these people. Fuck, Fuck these people. people. Yes. You know what? It's been a few weeks since I've been back to work, and as most people know, who know anything about me, I work at a high school, and I work with a lot of kids with special needs. Now, our school is pretty good when it comes to a vaccine mandate. It is, you have to be vaccinated or be tested five days, every five days, which sounds pretty good. However, I wish they took it farther. I wish you could either be vaccinated or not work. Here's my reason for that, especially with the students that I tend to work with most of the time, or at least I've mostly worked in with the past. I've had to actually cover a bunch of jobs since I've gotten back, since a lot of the older staff have quit, and um, the city is not actually hiring new people to replace them, which is lovely. But either way, back to my complaint about not vaccinated I recently learned one of my coworkers is not vaccinated. And the reason for this is he is mandated to have to be tested every five days. It's not that he's choosing to do so. If you work at the school, you can choose to be tested once a week. They have testing people come in there 
actually they come in more than once a week, but you can be tested if you want. What they do is they do a big batch test and they test it. If part of that batch comes in positive, then they drill down and see who in that batch is positive. But this one individual who is not vaccinated because he has to do it, and he's noted that he's not vaccinated. And it's not for medical reason, as he has noted that it's his choice and he doesn't feel that he needs to be vaccinated, which would be fine. Well, no, it's not fine. I personally think that's a ridiculous and stupid excuse since I don't think, as I've expressed here a lot, it's his choice. You're affecting other people. However, what makes it worse is he works with the special needs population. And as anyone knows, as anyone who has worked with special needs knows, especially those who are severe and moderate, a lot of their special needs comes with a lot of other health issues. There are students who are wheelchair-bound, and a lot of those students who have been wheelchair-bound their whole life have issues with lung function, partly just being wheelchair-bound for their whole life. Like, I didn't know this. People who are wheelchair-bound for physical issues and are not able to get as much exercise, uh, cardio exercise, um, can have lung issues. I didn't know that. That was something I learned, especially if they already have underlying um, cardiovascular and lung issues. So that can exasperate things because, yeah, I didn't know that. And apparently just sitting down that much can cause issues. Again, didn't know that. I always find new and interesting things working with the special needs population, especially those who have vast underlying conditions. And I always just find it interesting that, like, how much they persevere through all of this because they're amazing. I can't say that enough. They are. But there's a lot of students who have a lot of underlying issues, to say the least. There's a lot of them, so I can't get into, like, crazy specifics. But there is quite a few who have breathing issues, asthma, some heart issues, and a whole bunch of problems that would be worse if one of them caught COVID. And a lot of the special needs students aren't vaccinated. And part of the reason for that isn't because their parents don't want them to, but because getting some of the students to actually go to the doctor, scheduling an appointment, having a doctor who will work with them, and that they're comfortable with is difficult. And then you have ones who have immune issues and they're, the parents are rightfully concerned about the vaccine, which that's the case. I understand it. You get a young child with immunity issues or other issues where they've had trouble taking medications in the past. I understand the parent being hesitant. And you even have some doctors who, from what I've heard from the parents, who want to wait Doctors who are like, yeah, we, we want to give them the vaccine, but we want to wait for more studies because your child has X issue. And so I understand that, yeah, a lot of these kids aren't exactly vaccinated. And then you have students who are in families who they'd love to get the kid vaccinated. But between the amount that the parent works and then they have to take care of the, their kid who is going to need a lot more care, the parent can't necessarily take the time off to get them vaccinated. It's a whole mess of issues, and it's just a headache. It's it's really hard. Like, one, we should make it easier for parents to get vaccinated, people who have to work constantly. We need some sort of program or something that makes it easier for them to go get vaccinated. Or, you know, employers can stop being assholes and actually give their kids give their employers, employees, time to get vaccinated. So we have some kids in the special needs program who are vaccinated. We have some who are not. And even those who are vaccinated, as we know, they can still get it. Maybe not as bad, but if you have underlying conditions, we've seen, especially in my state of Massachusetts, most of the people who have died who are vaccinated. Now, I'm not saying most people who have died are vaccinated. I'm saying of those who were vaccinated and have died, it is people with underlying conditions, especially older people or kids with issues, kids with medical problems. And so 
There's one person who works closely with this at-risk population, doesn't want to get vaccinated. He shouldn't have a job. He shouldn't have a job. He, he shouldn't have a job there. If, he, if they want to move him somewhere else, maybe. But no, that's the job, and he has. And yeah, he's in that position. He shouldn't be. And I say move him. However, I don't know if I'd want to move him either. Because let's, let's walk this through. He's in a building. He gets moved somewhere else. He still gets it. And then he passes it off to someone else in the building. And then off to someone else. And to someone else, and eventually, a kid who shouldn't get it, because it would be very harmful for them, gets it. There is, I believe that a lot of the same vaccination issues that are with nurses and doctors, why they need to get it, is the same reason why teachers need to get it. I believe anything, any position where you need to interact with the public, and interacting with the public is your job, and the public is basically required to interact with you, you should be mandated to be vaccinated. Not vaccinated and tested. This is your job. You should be vaccinated. No choices. I'm sorry if people don't like that. I know even some in the satanic community still believe that, well, it's still bodily autonomy. We can't just make someone do it. No, this is very different, as I said over and over again. If you haven't heard me before, it is not a bodily autonomy. Well, it is a bodily autonomy issue, but you're sharing the autonomy with individuals in society. That's the main difference, is your choice is affecting other people around you and could, example with this person, it could kill one of my students who I like a lot. Um, I've, I've had... Uh, Twice since I've worked at the school, I've had two special needs students pass away. And I don't want that to happen again. And I will say that I don't think I could work with this person ever again. And I don't think anyone in this building could work with this person ever again if he was responsible for this person or student getting sick and passing away. Or even getting sick and being really ill. Or even just, you know, getting sick at all is teachers we're not just there to teach like anyone in the school building the staff they're responsible to the student they should be looking out for their well-being from the janitor all the way to the principal like a lot of people in my school they know that the the janitors know this they treat the kids with respect they get to know their names they talk to them they ask them how they're doing how their weekend is so I'm really lucky right now to work in this school where there is an amazing environment where the teachers really care. But I think not being vaccinated is a deep failure on the part of a teacher. In my opinion, they're saying I don't care enough about these students. Like, I, that might seem harsh. That That might seem a little harsh, but I believe it. I think that Anyone who doesn't get vaccinated, who can, who doesn't have a reason not to, and not even just teachers, I believe it's a compassion thing. At this point, we're all sick of this thing. We're sick of it. Like, even I'm getting sick of the masks. But I do it. In the school, I wear it all throughout my day at work. I wear my mask. My building gets kind of hot. If I've, as I've noted, I'm a little big guy. I'm on the bigger side. I sweat a bit. I've had my mask get kind of soggy and had to change it out. And that's not fun. Or especially because I've, I've shaved my head because I was going kind of bald. So I shaved my head. And so now I have some stubble. I've decided that going completely clean shaved does not work. So I maintain some stubble. And it's really annoying because you'd think a really wet inside of a mask where it's really wet would keep, you know, the hairs on my face kind of, you know, soft and damp or not, you know, stiff. But no, um, the area under my mask, for some reason, whatever, the hairs on my face get really prickly, really a lot and not very comfortable to the point where I had to actually find a solution to it. And I, I've, even though I ha only have stubble, I've had to use beard oil to just not, you know, itch because, of, yeah. It's masks are annoying. <laughs> They're not fun. People don't want to wear them. 
it's hard. Like a lot of my special needs students can have trouble because especially ones who are hard of hearing, it's difficult. And my school is in, um, an urban school, so we don't exactly have the best budget. So we don't have the budget to get those clear ones that are comfortable and safe and the students can see. And yeah, I, I've tried to wear one of the clear ones. They're very not comfortable because they're kind of heavy and it's a, annoying. So yeah, the masks are not fun. Yeah, like we get people who don't want to wear them and people who like, I don't want to be vaccinated. Yeah, I, I'm going off on a tangent that I've gone on before. But yeah, these people are not helping. They're not compassionate. And as I've said over and over again, I don't know what to do when interacting with these people. Because this person who's not vaccinated, I really like him. Well, I want to say I liked him, but he's still a good guy. And he's not some like right wing asshole or anything. He's actually a decent person he just doesn't want to get it i don't know if it's fear or what but it's just it's hard i i do think we do need to increase the pain a little bit of not being vaccinated and that sounds really harsh but when you think about it they're increasing the pain on us they're making this so drawn out and it's not just in the united states like the united states probably has some of the worst numbers but Canada, some of their areas have low rates, too. Remember, Canada has a Bible Belt. There are other countries that are having some of the same problems we are. If you remember, England over the summer had a lot of, like, anti-masks, anti-lockdown protests. And if you looked at those, they looked a lot like what we'd see here. And, yeah, what can we do about it? I don't know. Like, that, that's the problem. I think the best thing we can do is reach out to people who are like this person, who's a good person, who is just hesitant for whatever reason. They're, they're not selfish, really, for the most part. I, I know myself, I've made some comments of, yeah, it must be annoying to be tested every five days. I mean, and I've known, like, yeah, I really didn't want to get the vaccine either. But, hey, I didn't want to have to deal with this, so I just got it was annoying for about a day, but hey, now I don't need to get tested every week if I don't want to. And I'm hoping that between making it kind of difficult and maybe just like nudging the people who care, but are either just lazy about it, scared of needles, or worried they'll get sick, or just have some other hill they want to die on for some whatever reason, which weird turn of phrase, but yeah, Hopefully, with numbers going up, this will be over soon. And hopefully, eventually, we can talk about this whole pandemic thing in the past tense. Yes, things have lightened up. Things are better. But it's still not completely done. So we're going to have to see how it goes. And yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. And... For those of you who had discussions with me between the two episodes and I mentioned, hey, this is a cool discussion that uh, you brought up or a uh, cool topic. And I'm probably going to mention it on the show. I haven't forgot about that. I'm still going to. I just wanted to think about them a little more, especially the ones who it happened yesterday or even earlier today when I'm recording this, uh, because I don't want to have an interaction with a person rather than me just thinking, be um, something I didn't think about very much. I don't want to just throw it out. Hey, here's a discussion I had, um, and I haven't really thought about it at all. Since, as I said, I like to sit on things a little bit. Uh, also, I want to thank people who contact me and say really nice things or have cool discussions. Thank you, because I've known before, my um, DMs, especially on Twitter, can be really weird. I posted one such DM on Twitter, and um, the reactions have been kind of confused, um, surprised, and um, uh, a few what the fucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get some weird comments. Uh, anyone who's a public Satanist um, on any social media, please send me the weirdest thing you've ever gotten. 
please, please, please. I'd love to read it. Uh, blur out anything you'd like or anything. I'd love to read them. Because I want to know that I'm not the only one. Like, I know I'm not the only one who gets these weird uh, emails uh, and DMs. And I don't just mean people who are like, hey, can you sell my soul to the Illuminati? Uh, no, I mean some really weird ones. Actually, while I'm here, fuck it. Let me pull it up and I'll read the one that I posted. Uh, trigger warning. This is a this one's a lot. So yeah, if um yeah, uh, if you potentially might be bothered by some swearing or um some sexual words, uh, um potentially um non-consent sexual uh words you just this is the end feel thank you for joining but yeah no it is, it is interesting let me pull that up okay here we go and again warning for those who might not want to listen to this type of thing just a warning so here we go i get a dm and this is the exact out of nowhere direct message i get there's no context to this I have not had any conversation with this person before. This is what I get. I quote, I want to know, how do I go about getting guys to perform satanic sexual rituals on me, please? I want to get baptized. I'm guessing they mean baptized in piss of a lot of guys tied to an altar as an offering to Satan, gang raped till my ass bleeds and come load drip out of me everywhere. Well, I am offered as a piss-fuck whore to Lord O Satan. No, it is Satan O. Uh, my email is blank. My reply uh, was short, and it is, that's not something we do. Consent is important. Uh, so, yes, if you have anything in that vein at all, like, if you're just getting, like, you know, the standard ones of people wanting to join the Illuminati or sell their souls, yeah. Uh, we, we get those a dime a dozen, I'm sure everyone gets those. No, I want the absolute, yeah, like that. That's what I'm looking for, because I'm sure we've all gotten ones like that. Uh, so, yeah, if you have those and we can get a bit of a chuckle out of things that we normally find kind of disturbing, great. Anyway, that's the end of the show. This has been Why Satan and... Hail Satan. So, um, I've mentioned running a Vampire the Masquerade game a few times, and people were curious what the makeup of my group is, what the coterie is. So I'm going to answer that here, in this weird little after-show segment. So here's the coterie. We got a Bruja... A Malkavian, a Hakata, and a Zemisi. And yeah, they they're going to destroy the city of Boston. I guarantee it. By mistake.